Welcome. It's Jonathan Honig from CapitalistPig.com. You've landed on the Daily Objective from the Ayn Rand Center UK. We're delighted that you're with us from all over the world. We are headquartered in jolly old England, but we are a community of, of students of objectivism of all different levels and experiences from people who haven't read anything or are just curious about Ayn Rand to some of the biggest scholars in objectivism today. People like James Valiant, Don Watkins, Harry Binswanger, we bring them to you five days a week plus, private study groups and all the like, but we can only do it with your support and we need that today, especially I'm setting a goal of $50 US uh, for today's program. We've got a really exciting one from, for you today, those joining us live in the, the chat, the super chat. I see some members, what they call YouTube members, who get access to all kind of fabulous uh, prizes and, and, and activities and insights. Um, so don't be shy with your super chats as well today, because as I said, we have a great program and take this opportunity to share this show with your friends, as they say, smash the like button and uh, subscribe so that you know when we go on the air uh, with really interesting programs. You know, we've got stuff about parenting, we have things about art, we've got Mark Pellegrino talking about movies, film and TV, so aesthetics, and uh, even politics as well, if you can believe it. So um, help us keep the ball rolling and help us keep inspiring minds and hopefully inspiring yours as well. So got a really exciting, I think a pretty exciting show for you today. And um, I have a few slides, you know, as my want. Um, and I want to just, as always say, this is not part of objectivism. You know, we are students of objectivism. This is some of my interpretation and some of my hopefully ability to apply some objectivism. And as always, I want your, your perspectives. So put them in the super chat if you'd like to be part of the program. This is probably one of Ms. Rand's most famous quotes. Without property rights, no other rights are possible. And a lot today is gonna to be quoted from this book, Capitalism, the Unknown Ideal, which is a must, must read. Without property rights, no other rights is possible. Now I'm gonna take a little um, intellectual liberty with that and suggest that without intellectual property rights, no other rights are possible. And in fact, Rand in this book wrote quite extensively about that. I'm gonna quote, every type of productive work, every type of productive work involves a combination of mental and physical effort, of thought and of physical action to translate that thought into material, into a material form. The proportion of these two elements varies in different types of work. At the lowest end of the scale, the mental effort required to perform unskilled manual labor is minimal. It really is. It's the type of thing, you know, as uh, as Quan would say from King of the Hill, haven't you been replaced by a coin-operated machine yet? Um, you know, that is, is, you know, hoeing or stacking cans and stuff like that. This is unskilled manual labor. Again, quoting from Ms. Rand, at the other end, what the patent and copyright laws acknowledge is the paramount role of mental efforts in the production of material values. And there we have represented uh, the gentleman who created Zoom, which we're using to talk with you today from all over the world. So it's the mind that is integral in the real production of material values. Again, quoting from Ms. Rand, this time from the New Intellectual, wealth is the product of man's capacity to think, not to hoe or not to act like a you know, piece of machinery, it's to think that is the source of all wealth. Uh, in fact, the founding fathers understood that. I'm quoting now from, uh, I believe, government.org, something that affect, they felt, the founding fathers felt that IP was real property 
and that the creator of that property had a right to enjoy the benefits of their hard work. Even more importantly, they thought that protecting these rights would be the key to America attaining economic independence. And we've seen historically how that really has been true, a strong patent and copyright system. So definitely read what Ms. Rand had to write about that. But unfortunately, though the ideology that the founders put forth that I believe Ms. Rand echoed and built upon has not been shared by somebody who's pretty much in the limelight still almost every day, and that is former President Donald Trump. And I have a couple examples today. We'll do kind of a Leonard Peikoff style tie-in contest. Um, I, I believe I can demonstrate that Donald Trump does not respect intellectual property. This, I believe, is a framework of a civil society, of a productive society, um, of protecting man's ability to think and the wealth that comes herein, here from. Donald Trump does not respect intellectual property. He does not, I believe, model appropriate behavior qua intellectual property. And both as a president, you know, he's kind of has this dual role, both as a president and as a businessman. I, it's my belief. I want to thank Equal to Reality for his very generous uh, contribution. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for being part of our group and our movement. I'm going to give you a few examples. Here, example number one. Now, we've all seen Trump do his dance to music at his rallies and his events, etc. Um, that's, I believe, still used to be known as the white man's overbite. I don't know exactly what dance he's doing, but he, he's done that over and over again. Thank you, Gail, for your very generous contribution. Gail, wonderful part of our community. Thank you so, so much. So turns out that musician after musician after musician told Trump, look, stop using my music. Issued cease and desist letter after, see, here's Tom Petty. They had issued an official cease and desist notice to the Trump campaign. Trump went on playing the song. John Fogarty, there's a famous song called Fortunate Son. This guy's from Credence. He issued a cease and desist order to stop his music from being played at, at Trump's events. Trump just keeps on playing it. There's no sense of, wait a minute, this music belongs to someone, it's theirs. There's a, they have a property right to it. Same thing with Phil Collins who said, you know, once again, they were playing In the Air Tonight. I'm not gonna sing any of these, you know the song. And Phil Collins camp said, you know, we've already issued a cease and desist. And this is what, you know, they said that the use of the song, I'm quoting now, has caused and will cause damage to Mr. Collins' reputation and the popularity, his popularity with the public. It was really true because there's an association, there's an implicit endorsement that your music, that your uh, creative work is being used. Now, I'll throw one more in there. Eddie Grant, who I believe is only really, I, I, I know him for Electric Avenue, which is one of my favorite songs from the 80s. He is, I think, very interestingly, taking it a little further. He is suing President Trump for his use of Electric Avenue. This is still going on. It has not been settled to my knowledge. In fact, the last thing I read was from April of this year, whereas Trump is facing a deposition from Eddie Grant. So God, I hope there's photos of that, of Donald Trump on one side, Eddie Grant on the other, questioning each other. I mean, this is reality TV come to life. So, um, but Trump obviously has no respect for intellectual property. If he's got the artists who he, he, he has said he covets and he admires and he likes saying, don't use my stuff and he just does it anyway. 
Ayn Rand Institute uh, and uh, Elon Giorno has a great article called Why Patents and Copyright, Why Patents and Copyrights Matter. And Elon says, would you walk into a store, grab a bottle of wine and walk out without paying for it? No, that would be stealing. It's morally wrong and few would even consider doing it. But many people routinely download or stream pirated content, movies, TV shows, without giving it a second thought. They do not think of these two cases, stealing a bottle of wine and violating movie copyright, as equivalent morality. And I think that's so true. I mean, Trump said, you know, there's a sense of, ah, you know, I just play it. What, you know, what are you going to do? I'm just playing. And, I, you know, people don't see it as stealing someone's value that belongs to them. And that frustrates me because, you know, ideas rule the world and ideas, I believe Ms. Rand is right, is intellectual property without those rights, no other property can exist. And interesting is we'll talk about the libertarians come down on this issue. You might know in a pretty destructive manner, not surprisingly, but let me give you another example. Here's example number two. And before I do that, let me encourage you to take this opportunity to hit me up on the super chat. You know, a lot of the other hosts, as you know, kind of come on here and, hey, how you doing? How you doing? You know, we present a kind of a, a cogent uh, presentation here for you today. So show a little love in the super chat and let me know that you value what I work very hard to present for you. Here's example number two. Um, this young lady is the White House photographer. She was the White House photographer many years under President Bush, second, Obama, and then Trump. This is quoting from, the ins from Insider. One of the perks of being an official White House photographer is the ability to publish a comprehensive book of never before seen photos once the president's time in office ends. That's one of the, that is one of, normally one of the perks you get to be. Photograph uh, photographers under former presidents Obama and Bush allowed and even encouraged such projects by writing the forwards, which was a, is a polite gesture for keeping these photographers away from their families with late nights and foreign trips. Turns out Trump, quoting now per the New York Times, wanted a different arrangement, a different arrangement. In fact, again, quoting now, this is from The Guardian, Trump tried to take profits from the book of photos that this woman wanted to publish. You know, he wanted a cut of her photos, her intellectual copyright. He, you know, he wanted a, a, a cut of that. And when that wasn't forthcoming, he forgot about the photographer and he sold his own copy of these photos because they are in effect owned by the public. Um, they're her photos, but they're, you know, they're, anyone can in effect use them. And he, then he packaged them up. He sold his own version for $250. Not only did he not pay her, but he didn't even give her credit. He didn't even credit in the book for all the photos. And he may, has made $20 million on that coffee table book with using her photos without paying her, without credit. Now, you know, is this legal? I mean, none of what has been described is, you know, I mean, there's this, a lot of this, there's, you know, it's just, it shows in my mind a real disrespect for intellectual property, a real disrespect for it, that, you know, here's someone who's created this, who's been with you, who's all through it, and then you just like cut her out for, you know, because she wants $20,000, $50,000 or something, and then 
you go make 20 mil and you don't even put her name on it. I mean, it's just, it's like saying to an artist, you know, you're nothing. You're just, you know, the goods are here. And what's kind of even more frustrating is now her book, she had a book deal. Well, that book deal's off now because Trump already published its stuff. And um, so she won't release a book at all. So now her photos got used by Trump, no uh, compensation to her. And I just think it shows a real disrespect for people's property rights, their intellectual values. Even if it's not illegal, I think it's really immoral and it's very uncouth. Again, quoting from Capitalism, the Unknown Ideal. Those who observe the spectacle of the progressive collapse of patents, the spectacle of mediocrity scrambling to cash in on the achievements of genius. You know, here's <laughs> mediocrity packaging up someone's genius and, you know, cutting out the genius. Again, quoting from Ms. Rand, who uh, those who understand its implication will understand why in the closing paragraphs of Atlas Shrugged, one of the guiltiest men is the passenger who said, why should Reardon metal? Why should Reardon be the only one to permitted to manufacture Reardon metal? So, you know, I butchered the quote, but you know, that's that quote of him, yeah, you know, Reardon made it, but why should he have the only right to do it? And I think that is the equivalent of a lot of what Trump demonstrates is that sense of, oh yeah, they made it, but what, you know, what, you know, why should they be the only ones that get to control it? I, I like it too. I'm going to use it. And I just think there's a real similar disrespect for the mind. And in fact, while I'm not a, and Robin, who is um, a, a, an Ayn Rand Center YouTube, Ayn Rand Center UK YouTube member, and Robin, thank you for being part of what we do here. You are keeping us afloat. You're helping us ascend. You know, she she points out people will call that kind of behavior capitalism, unfortunately. This is what I always thought was so trust, uh, troubling about Trump. I always said, I wish he was like a dentist or something. I wish he was anything else besides a, a businessman. I mean, if you Google American businessman, Donald Trump comes up first. And that I've always said that's so distressing that as you said, this type of behavior is seen as, oh, it's just shrewd. Use, use it and then just you know ignore. When Tom Petty says, please stop using it, say, huh. Just throw it away. Thank you, Free Trade, for 55, I believe that's Singapore dollars, S-E-K. Thank you so much for being part of what we're doing. You're a, you're a huge part of it. You, I mean, this is a truly global community. We have people listening and watching from all over the world. These ideas are, they are revolutionary, they are radical, and we are like one in a thousand all over the world. So um, Marilyn says, YouTube won't let me call the subject a boor and a thug, not by name anyway. Well. We get your drift. I want to quickly say, you know, the, the libertarians who are often associated with objectivists, which we shouldn't be and they shouldn't be, um, they come down on this. Here's an article in the Journal of Libertarian Studies, the case against intellectual property. So libertarians are, in a, from my understanding, in effect, against intellectual property, which is, which is uh, terrible, it's destructive, it's anti-mind, it's anti-man, it's, you know, read, read patents and copyrights to learn more. And I wanna give you one more example. You know, we keep it tight here the, with my, uh, my oh, Swedish uh, Krona. Thank you, Free Trade. Awesome, awesome for the Swedish Krona. Um, you know, I haven't looked at it lately, but 
those who you've been watching uh, know I'm bullish on the, the yen versus dollar, the euro versus dollar. What else do I have? The French franc versus dollar. And I'll look up Swedish as well. So thank you for that. Example number three. Now you've probably been following the news that Donald Trump hosted the Saudi-backed live golf tournament at his Bedminster club. Um, you know, I said years ago that I can't shake my head and sigh any more than I already do, but you might remember the headline that Trump defended hosting the Saudis by saying, quote, no one's gotten to the bottom of 9-11. This is as victims of 9-11 are protesting outside why he's holding this. We're not gonna talk about that. Um, we're gonna talk about intellectual property. It turns out that Donald Trump at his private clubs is still using the presidential seal. Just to your left, and those of you from around the world, that is the uh, presidential seal, American president. And Donald Trump has it plastered all over his clubs, uh, his, his golf clubs. Here's one example. Here's on the back of his little go-karts. There's the presidential seal just tacked on there. You're not allowed to do that. You're not just not supposed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. There's the seal on, literally put into his course. You know, you're not allowed to do that. And for the president, the ex-president to do it, knowing you're not allowed to do it because it doesn't belong to him. It's not his to exploit. There's his towels now. All the towels have the presidential seal on them, probably available for sale in the gift shop. And, you know, Donald Trump is the only one I know whose signature is bigger than the emblem of the country he claims to represent. I mean, just look at that. Um, so he's got it emblazoned on all of that. Now, this is quoting out from Insider. The logo was only supposed to be used for official government business. It's against the law to use it to falsely convey government approval or sponsorship of a private business. They can put you in jail for this. Violations can result in up to fines of six months or prison. So, you know, it's, it's not only just obnoxious on its face, but it is a violation of copyrights. And in fact, what's even more outrageous is that this issue was first brought to Trump last year, he started using this. And that's what I'm saying. There's a sense of, I'm gonna use it, what are you gonna do? It's out there, I, it can help me. And, you know, it, 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 you know and, and of course the state, I believe shouldn't own any property, but the presidential seal can't be associated with private businesses. Certainly not one that's run, you can have it on a kid's lemonade stand for fun, presidential lemonade. But the, the, the former president from, you know, can't have it emblazoned all over his merchandise and club. It's literally against the law. And that seal, I believe, is owned by the people of the United States. And it is ministered by the government. And there's actually laws on the books for this exactly point in saying that it can't be exploited, you know, for serendipitous or um, under the table uh, financial gain. And Ms. Rand writes, now the government does not grant a patent or copyright in a sense of a gift, privilege, or favor. So that's why I think understand, I believe Trump is saying it's, you know, well, it's, it's a gift to me now. I was president, so I just get to use this. And that's not the case. I'm, I'm taking the, you should 
investigate the whole quote and of course the whole article, but you can't just use intellectual property however you want, whenever you want, for whatever purpose you want with no acknowledgement to who owns it and who administers it and what they want. So it's not his to grift. He doesn't own it, it's not his. And that's very frustrating to me as an American and as someone who believes in intellectual property. So my message to you today, and Mary Aline, thank you for being such a great part of what we're doing here. You know, for those of you who uh, attended Ocon, oh, do you like my Brazos mug? I met the fabulous Mary Aline and she's delightful. She's engaging, she's whip sharp and whip smart. And we had a really, a, a lot of fun and I got a great picture. We'll, maybe we'll share in the Enron Center UK uh, Twitter feed, which you should also be subscribing to. Mary Aline says, libertarians think it's only force if you punch someone in the face. There's no physical force if you violate a copyright. They're so wrong and that's exactly right. You know, it's, they're coming in and taking your physical idea. And that's, that's the value of everything. I mean, look around, everything around you had to be thought up, conceived. None of this is natural. Look around your house. None of that is, nothing in your house is natural. Let me just make this point, hold on. Look around now. Well, wait a minute, I've got three plants over there, but I had to put them in the soil. I have, nothing in your world is natural. It's all the product of man's capacity to think and create and have the, the values protected. So respect property rights. Patents and copyrights, again, quoting from Ms. Rand, are the legal implementation of the base of all property rights, a man's right to the product of his mind. And thank you for using your minds and supporting what we're doing here, especially the members. You know, you could become a member of the Ayn Rand Center UK very easily. It's not expensive at all. I mean, you're paying for Hulu and Zoom and all this other stuff that you're barely watching. So support us. We are bringing you hours of original, insightful, objectivist programming. I wouldn't, I'll say programming that's inspired by objectivist. I don't, you know, objectivism is Miss Rand's philosophy. So I'd never say this is objectivist, but certainly inspired and hopefully, um, hopefully insightful for you and inspires you to read the source material. You know, that's, we always want to try to pull you back to the source material. And, you know, it, 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 we always chuckle here at the Ayn Rand Center UK. Um, we do it in kind of a English way, like, ha, 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 ha. You know, we always chuckle about people who are so opinionated about Ayn Rand and so uh, erudite and astute about Ayn Rand and turns out have really never read Ayn Rand. So um, um, take this opportunity to read her for the first time. Dr. Brooke has often said that, you know, when you get to read a lot of this for the first time, it's, it's fun and it's blowing you away at every turn. So if you haven't picked up uh, Capitalism the Own Ideal, take this opportunity to do it and take this opportunity to become a member of the Ayn Rand Center UK. We are only kept alive and afloat by five pounds from you and 10 pounds from this one. And by throwing that our way, you're getting access to people, as I said, like James Valiant. These are people who've published, who've worked with Dr. Peakoff. You're getting access to Harry Binswanger who worked with Miss Rand, worked with Dr. Peakoff, uh, is a scholar in his own right. I mean, you're getting access to Gina Gorlin. I mean, ma major names in objectivism. Rucka Rucka Ali with his hilarious humor. His, he is hilarious, but you know, you're, you're getting access to a lot of programming. So 
make us part of what you're doing, support what we're doing. We're offering value for value. So hit that super chat and become a member as well. We will be back here, as they say, same bat time, same bat channel. Um, when I mean bat, I mean objective bat, uh, objectivist. Uh, and we hope to see you back again. So this is Jonathan Honig from capitalspig.com. Thank you for being with us. Best premises and be well.